Debates on Tap, a podcast where we drink, we argue, and someone wins. Brian, Brendan, and I am Vargas. And this is the Snyder Cut Cut, a director's cut episode featuring an extended discussion of the Snyder Cut. Uh, and another thing. If the sock companies keep trying to oppress me with their tyranny, I am going to stop buying socks and just go smelly feet. Now, you know I get on to Vargas all the yep. time because like he, every day. he just can't match his socks. <laughs> but recently, I bought, some, I bought a package of socks, uh-huh. and they're trying to tell me which foot to put it on? They got a R, an R and an L on them, uh-huh, and uh-huh. I won't stand for it. That's too far. That's big sock trying big, to keep big you down. Socks, uh, it's, that's, coming, it's coming for us. Let me tell you, too far, and I won't stand for it. I burned every pair. <laughs> I just sat there and I, I insulted him. I was like, "You're you look more like a left sock. Burn." I couldn't physically burn them. I need socks. Yeah, don't burn your socks, please. It, the smell would be bad. Everything would be bad. You would be without socks and smelly feet. Speaking of smelly feet. This is ain't another thing. This is a podcast where we drink, we talk, and everyone wins. I'm Brian. I'm Brendan. And I'm Vargas. Put your shoes back on, guys. Oh, boy. Um, I got to go get them. Yeah. They're <laughs> yeah. at the front door. Uh, where you're made to take them off. As you heard at the top of this episode, um, this is a fun, special episode <laughs> about a fun, special little movie we like to call Zack Snyder's Justice League, right? Uh, Bry Guy has not seen it, right? I, I will not see it. I haven't seen the first one. And you, I haven't seen the second one. I made you go see Batman v Superman in theaters because I was cackling so bad oh. and so drunk. I was like, you and Rick need to come and see this movie with me. We watched it together. No, nope. that shows how much of an impression it made. That's exactly right. Um, Wait, that's not Justice League, though. That's Batman versus Superman. Dawn of Justice. Dawn of Justice. <laughs> not the Dusk of Justice. <laughs> but I'm saying I haven't seen... You haven't seen Joss Whedon's 2017 Justice League. Yeah. Yeah. Which that was four years ago, and was, this motherfucker just got done snipping it. Yeah, which we've we've we spent time on this podcast talking about this whole thing, what it was born from, blah blah. blah. Since it's like it came out, Zack Snyder has come out and talked more about it from his point of view. He finally, you know, talked a little bit about what was going on, basically. Um, and and listen, we because of Brian mainly, we don't want to put him through this. We don't, we're not going to just talk about the Snyder Cut for three hours. Right. Four hours. Four hours and two minutes. <laughs> uh, because I think there is a bigger discussion to be had about things surrounding this movie, um, particularly about um, what, is that, what is Snyder trying to say with these movies, uh, director's cuts, extended cuts, what does that mean? And then particularly fan appropriation of properties like this i think that's the conversation i think it's a really interesting conversation to have and in real fast um boy snyder cut is it's four hours and two minutes we that is it is impressively long it's very self-indulgent it is too long Um, i will go out and say that and it and calling it a movie it's not a movie like it is not paced like a movie it's not structured like a movie it's a movie the same way stephen king's the stand <laughs> is a movie it is, it's like a weird mini series thing but it's it's a bizarre undertaking and and it's something you watching it and I, I don't know if 
like Vargas and O'Brien. Brian is definitely not familiar since he has not seen the other, does not remember any of the movies. Have you seen any of his other extended director's cuts of any of his other movies or anything like that? Just Watchmen and Sucker Punch. Right. And then Batman v Superman, he has an extended cut of that, yeah, which is like, thir- don't. It's 30 minutes longer. And while it, it's, it's fascinating because like, this is something I was thinking about while watching the movie about like director's cuts and extended cuts. Like typically director's cuts like fill in more blanks and like they can set a different tone. Like I think of Blade Runner's final cut, Mm -hmm. like totally recontextualizes the entire movie. Right. And adds in things that are actually rich and interesting. Whereas like Zack Snyder's director's cuts and extended cuts, they just give you more of what you're already seeing. Right. Like, yeah. Like, um, I, I haven't seen the Snyder. I'm I'm sorry. This the sucker punch version of, uh, um, the sucker punch Snyder cut. Yeah. There's, There's more girls. Right. I haven't seen that. But I, but like with Batman v Superman and that in like the Xenica that it's just like, rather than being like, like pushing the story forward in a way, it just pushes it out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it like just gives you more of what's already going on, which in the context of BVS, it's interesting because it like, re, it like kind of fills in a couple planks, but it doesn't add anything really to the movie. It's more of just like deleted scenes and stuff like that. Which is what is fascinating about the Snyder Cut is because, like, again, I think there is a happy middle ground to be had with this movie and the 2017 version. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and I think it, it's fascinating to see, especially now and what Snyder has said about, you know, his cut of the movie and versions of the movie. And then he left the project and Joss Whedon had already been on the project, like helping him rewrite some of the script and stuff like that. So I guarantee, and he's even said that, like, what has happened with it with the movie back in 2016, 17, when they were filming this movie is that he had this like rough assembly cut of this movie that he says was up to like five hours long, yeah. which is fascinating, but he showed it basically to the, to the studio and it was like, this is essentially what I want to do. And the studio went, it has to be like two hours. Like that's, it's not a movie. Yeah. Like it has to be something in the range of two hours. And he was like, I'm not going to do that. And they went, you're gonna. <laughs> yeah. And then the unfortunate, passing of his daughter happened and he just went, I don't want to fight anymore. I'm just going to leave. So I, so basically what we had said about way back in the day when we first talked about this, this whole thing was that then they gave the movie to Joss Whedon and said, Hey, just make it work. Give us two hours, yeah. make it work some way. And, and you could see like, it's fascinating. Like I watched the the 2017 version, then watched this and as well as man versus uh, man of steel and Batman versus Superman in one day. No, over the course of like a week, I, I can't, was gonna say, I that's can't, a lot. I can't mainline those movies that, that in, a, in a day. I don't have the time. Um, but it's fascinating because like, and this is what I want to pivot to. I, I didn't like, I, I saying that the Snyder cut is better than 2017 version is like reductive. Like it's doesn't make, doesn't matter. Cause of course it's going to be better than that movie. That movie was terrible. Uh, yeah. And it's like, then, then you pivot to, well, is it even good? And it's like, not, I mean, I don't know. Like, it, it's hard to even judge it on whatever. You know what I mean? It, it's Zack Snyder's id, for better or for worse. Yeah. And so, I, I, as I was watching it, yeah. I was thinking about a couple of different things. Like, number one, let's let's be fair to to Mr. Snyder. Right. He was saddled with the task of introducing three, four major DC characters. Yes. Completely to the audience with with no introduction and. And I think it's goddamn impossible. It, like it's, in, it's insane because I get, cause like, again, I, we've talked a little bit about like when man of steel came out, it was kind of like a mix like, yeah, okay, this is fine. But then WB like 
at that time, Avengers had come out. Like, you know, that w- Marvel was rolling and stuff like that. So DC went, we have to have some type of like, let's just, Zach has a vision. He has a plan. Let's just shoot forward with like what he wants to do and we'll fill it out later, right? And so, yes, like it is for <laughs> for better or worse, like introducing all these characters, introducing everything is just like, it's too much. And because I, I think with like given that task, the Snyder cut works better because like sure. all the extra flash stuff was awesome. Yeah. The extra wonder woman stuff was awesome. Right. The extra cyborg stuff it was very was awesome. Like uh, other than like flash's opening scene, I was kind of like, okay, this is, this is weird and shaky. Then he like cresses her face. It, like it was kind of bizarre. Yeah. But the cyborg stuff is very good. It flushes out cyborg enough to like, I want another movie about cyborg, right? Yeah. You can't have that much flesh or he wouldn't be cyborg. And that's, I, <laughs> oh. I, I, <laughs> I'll be back in another 10 minutes. We'll do, we'll do the Brian cut next. Yeah. It's me. I mean, and cyborg, like I, I, got I a lot still, of material. like Zach, his aesthetic with everything is just like, yeah. man, cyborg is his design is too busy. He needs more flesh and human elements. Cause otherwise it just looks like a CGI, CGI monster. Um, or Ray Fisher with a with a <sighs> fan of the opera mask wearing crazy, a hoodie. <laughs> crazy. But 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 yeah, but when it comes to introducing too many characters, so many characters, it's like it, it's just like barely holding on to the reins of all this that, stuff. I right? mean, that's a two hour movie. It was. Yeah. That was the first half of the yeah. movie. It was just introducing, <laughs> was introducing the characters. characters. Like Flash doesn't show up for like an hour into the movie. Yeah. Batman doesn't put on the Batman suit to like an hour and forty five. Like it's it's nuts. And, and that's why I say like, as a movie, it's just, it's bananas. Like, it's hard to like, even say like as a movie, sure. Because it's not really a movie, you know? Yeah. But like, again, we're not going to spend, we're now let's pivot onto something else because Brian is just like squirming in his seat. Are we back to out of the Snyder cut? Um, well, like I, I think there's, no, I want to talk about fan appropriation. We're okay. having conversations about the Snyder cut and <laughs> well, cause remember he can just cut all of this up so yeah. we let's just end it when you guys are done because i have the perfect thing to get us okay. into just the snyder cut but yeah okay. so so with fan appropriation vargas what, what do you mean what do we mean when we say that so i think the most interesting conversation about this movie because like director's cuts have been around forever forever and historically they either change or arguably improve the movie correct i I personally think of all the director's cuts of the Alien movies, mm-hmm. and you know the, sure, the director's yeah. cut of Alien kind of changes it. it doesn't right. it? Doesn't improve the movie? It just gives you kind of a different perspective. Right. Same thing with Aliens. The director's or the uh, the assembly cut of uh, Alien Three, <laughs> yeah, totally drastically yeah, changes the movie. The movie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so like that concept right. has been around forever, but this is really the first time. Well, second time after Sonic, I guess that. <laughs> That fans have like assumed yes. that there is this secret v- good version of right. the movie that they deserve because the the company, right. the Warner Brothers, you know, they didn't want the fans. To yeah, have, they, they oh they they were hiding it and keeping it from the fans yeah. and blah blah, blah. And, and 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 it that the whole like release Snyder Cut hashtag started right after the movie released. Mm-hmm. Like as soon as it came out. Everyone hated it. It bombed at the at the box office. No one liked it. No one wanted it. And then that very vocal minority of Snyder fans started saying, "No, there's something else here." And then it morphed into like very toxic, like gatekeeping stuff with like, "Yes, WB is purposely keeping this movie, this quote unquote finished movie, away from us. We want it now." Right. And and I'm like you. I like looking back. I don't think there's ever been 
anything like this other than Sonic, which wasn't they're keeping something from us. It was like a collective that looks terrible. That, fix right. it. Well, and it's not even like this movie. It's right. like the design of the character. The the only thing I can think of that even compares to the Snyder Cut is right. the Fantastic Four. When, oh when yeah, Josh, Josh Trank. Josh Trank mm-hmm. was on Twitter and he was like, "There's a version of this movie that's awesome." Right. But like, nothing happened from that. Yeah, no one really cared. Nobody, no, <laughs> nobody was like, and I don't know what the difference is. And I get, and maybe it's just because there have been Fantastic Four movies in the past and they all kind of suck yeah, and maybe. nobody's like digging for a Fantastic Four yeah. movie. But you have all these like DC Scott Scott Snyder. I do that every time. Zack Snyder people <laughs> that are like, I really like the aesthetic of these movies that he's made and I want one that's really good for Justice League. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know why this is the thing that people latched onto. Do you guys think it's more that they're DC people or that they're Zack Snyder people? There's there's Zack Snyder people. I think very few of the actual like uh very vocal people on Twitter who were Zack Snyder like like he tweets something and they're like, "Oh, you're the best director. You're a it's a masterpiece blah blah blah." blah. I think very I think there don't get me wrong there are comic book fans who enjoy these movies don't I'm like not saying that at all you can go in and enjoy it and still realize it's a bad movie correct yeah <laughs> but like these folks I would argue are this these weird like Zack Snyder like to put it like bluntly like cult like like mentality of just like this guy had a vision and God damn it we want to see the end of this vision right. and no, Vision's a Marvel character. Yeah. So they. Oh. So again. So they're not comic book heroes. The comic book fans. But but I I, I that's that what is so fascinating about it is I I couldn't tell you the difference. I don't know what it is. I just know that um, maybe it had something to do with you know like this guy who in interviews and during set visits while he was filming because they they jumped into production of Justice League right after Batman vs Superman came out the week after it came out yeah. and all the reviews came out. You have sad. Ben Affleck right during the review during an interview like they're saying yeah this movie is bombing what do you think and he's just like just yeah. staring at the ground while Harry Cavill's like well we tried our hardest it's a lot of fun blah, blah. <laughs> a week later they started filming Justice League right so you're coming off this wave of Snyder putting everything into that movie you know take it or leave it however you feel about it but putting everything into this vision of this next step and in just league was supposed to be a part one and part two. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's supposed to be this whole thing, whole like universe, whole setup, whole thing. And then, you know, he talks about at set visits and interviews. He's like, yeah, you know, like no one really liked our characters being deconstructed in Batman versus Superman, which you have to have those characters set up right. plainly to begin with before you start deconstructing them. And, and he's like, you know, everyone wants it lighter, so we're kind of trying to make this thing lighter. And I think it kind of started then, where like some people in like the Zack Snyder like fandom or whatever, which is baffling to me that that is like a fandom, you know, um, who were just like, no, we want this original vision. And I think it just like started compounding up until that with all the rumors of, oh, Joss Whedon is helping out. Yeah. Oh, this is happening. Oh, the studio didn't like this. Oh, the studio wants this. And then he tragically had to leave the production, like at the very end, from my understanding, what yeah. he has said. And then another filmmaker took it over entirely and fucked it up. You know what I mean? It, yeah, that's know, the perception. Not saying right? that I, I still hold to this day that Joss Whedon, they showed him the assembly cut. He went, 
what? <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> and, and you got to cut out half of the movie. And I think I, mean, I think Vargas, you hit like nail on the head. Like introducing whole characters, Cyborg is like basically the protagonist of the movie now. Yeah. Like, and then you're resolving the death of Superman. You're resolving uh, Cyborg stuff. You have to introduce two other characters. Oh God, you have to introduce Darkseid. Oh, you have to do right. this whole. And I guarantee. Joss looked at it and went, you know, I'm going to truncate as much as I can to keep the story intact as best as possible and then just go from there. You said in the Snyder Cut, Cyborg becomes more of a the protagonist? Basically, yeah. yeah. Do he, you guys think that maybe that's why Ray Fisher lost his shit? I, I, listen, I, I'm not going to talk about, I, I'm not going to assume anything because he has alleged that abuse has happened and Joss Whedon was mean to him and angry at him and bad to people on the set. There's been an investigation. WC, WB has only, they have not released anything that has actually happened or what was said, but they did say that remedial action has been, t- has been taken against the necessary parties. And Ray Fisher is intimated on Twitter. Or I think he's basically said he is not happy with that result, but WB in with the investigators, everything. And again, Ray Fisher did not work with the investigators for this whole thing. I would assume that is part of it. That, when Joss came on, he basically talked to the cast and crew and said, hey, we're going to try to make this movie work within a two-hour frame time or two-hour framing, and we're going to cut out a lot of this movie. Yeah, like 90% of the cyborg Correct. stuff. And, and basically, again, Ray Fisher, it was a theater actor, was a Broadway actor. This was his very first movie ever. Right. Hello, I'm Cyborg. Yeah, and <laughs> and I think and don't get me wrong. Like, if abuse and, and verbal abuse was directed at him, that's awful and terrible and bad. But I think, listen, if that was me and this was my first big chance on a first giant movie to become this character that people love from car- the Teen Titans, from Doom Patrol, I mean, if it's a franchise character, right? And like you you got it. Yeah, you're made. And you get told. Uh, you're just not going to be in the, like, you're going to be in the movie, but everything like your backstory, blah, blah, is just going to be out. I would take that pretty damn personal and I would have maybe some things to say. Yeah. And maybe, you know, whatever happens. It doesn't help the situation. (laughs) Right. Especially with no one has released. He hasn't even said what has happened. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Which I think, it could be legal reasons for that. Could be whatever reasons for that. Again, not saying that nothing happened, but I, I, I would not doubt that it was um, a young man who was very, very pissed off that he was cut out of 90% of the movie. Right. Yeah. Like Vargas said, though, you're still cyborg. You still have the opportunity in future movies to like get those massive paychecks. But but that's the crazy thing. He himself, he was the one who said, mm-hmm. I'm not going to be involved with this. As anymore. long, cause like, uh, as long as Walter Hamada's in. Yeah. It. Which is the, he's the new head of WB and so, or, yeah. or blah, blah, blah. So they wrote, they wrote cyborg out of the flash movie. Yeah. Because because he after, said, I'm after not Ray gonna... Fisher, yeah, said he's not going to be in the movies anymore. If the head of WB is not, yeah. he's going to be continuing on. He's out of the movie now. And, uh, and so, which is wild, but I, I don't know. I, I haven't watched much of like doom patrol, um, Doom I, Patrol's I, great. Yeah, and his Cy- cyborg is in Doom Patrol. Mm-hmm. Is what kind of character is he in Doom Patrol? Uh, it, he's a lot more. Um, I mean, he's less Snydery. <laughs> he's less angsty, right? Right. Yeah, because in in Snyder Cut, uh, cyborg is a very frowny, mopey, angry he's, character. He says "fuck the world" in the movie. <laughs> Which boy, howdy! There's that's a line. It's not just a mood. No. Yeah. That's, no. What, he, that's what you want out of your superheroes, right? Yep. <laughs> Yeah, Wonder Woman basically says, help me save the world. He goes, fuck the world. And I was like, 
<laughs> I clutch my pearls. Let me tell you, he's not wrong. And and but don't get me wrong. But he's a superhero. No, Al. But don't get me wrong. He doesn't fuck the world. So character yes. growth, right? Yeah. Um. But it, speaking along those lines, like I was, I was, I was pretty surprised how not dark, grim, like mo- like because yeah. Batman versus Superman is just a grungy, dark, just gloomy, not fun to watch movie. Yeah. And this was like it still was that like the Zack Snyder aesthetic and everything, but it wasn't as dark and grim and grimy as that. You know what yeah. I mean? The, the, the attitude of the movie was not, uh, everything's bad. Why do we bother saving the world? It was more like maybe the world is right. Fine. And, <laughs> and I think that's, and this is like probably the last like big point. We don't know like why this, why this for some reason was the fan appropriate. Like yeah. we couldn't tell you it's a fascinating conversation to have, but I the, we still didn't know. I, I don't, I don't like what the I, I, don't, I don't like the fandom surrounding the DC universe. Well, I'll say the vocal people, yes. right? Because there are people out there that are just normal. That are some like, of them were very. Those movies are good. Yes, and then they like go to work and have a job. <laughs> uh, I don't. <laughs> I don't like that. That this is now becoming right. something that that people are like. Oh, we bullied. A, a movie studio I, into I think doing what we want. That is the big giant issue red flag with this whole thing because yeah. now uh, some of them, and I, I don't think any, like Zack Snyder has said like now he has no interest in coming back for any more movies, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but he said maybe later we can have a sequel. Like, right. I, I think he's, he's, he here, just, you man. always have to keep the money door open. You, do. you can't close it. I get it, but, but I, I think I, th- I, I, and I think WP, WB, this was basically from my understanding the pandemic started. They started talking to Zack Snyder like, hey, we're not filming anything else. Nothing else is going on. Do you want to finish your movie? And he was like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they threw $40 million and 50, then 70, and supposedly up to like $90 million to finish this thing. Um, so, and now they're talking about, there's the very, now a, an even more minority subset of this like fandom is like now we want to restore we want to restore the Snyder verse. Right. We want to we want more of these movies and I'm like please god no. I don't want any more of these movies. Um but also some of them are starting to talk about like release the air cut for the Suicide Squad. Yeah. And it's like I have no desire to see any more. <laughs> see now you're involved, Brian. Cuz you saw that movie and No, I didn't. You didn't see Suicide Squad? No. Yeah, that's I don't need good. to see any of that shit and what I need less of is people just saying release whatever cut because right. since it worked one time, now they're, yeah, everybody's going to fucking try that's it. That's my exactly. fear. That's my big fear. And that's why I think this is a giant red flag issue yeah. about this thing. Is that like, are, are more people going to continue to bully studios or directors or filmmakers into like already? I mean, they bully comic book artists and writers and directors yeah. like off the Twitter. Like I think back of uh, Ghostbusters 2016, the all female yeah. version. They kicked uh, Leslie, jo- Leslie, Leslie Jones. Leslie Jones. She was like, I'm fucking leaving Twitter. Fuck yeah. this. Like, it's not worth dealing with people screaming at me every day for ruining their movie. And she's like, or what's I her had name nothing from, to do with it. Or what's her name from Star Wars? Kelly Marie Tran. Kelly Marie Tran. Also, it's not their movie. Yeah. It's not the yeah. fan's movie. You get to enjoy it. It's not your movie. Right. And that's why, like, um, there there was a saying by a buddy of mine, Landon, who was like, um, oh, oh gosh, it was, it was basically like in a roundabout way saying like, oh, Jesus, save us from your followers, right? Yeah. And, yeah. I, and yes. I think that is a very poignant point about like this whole thing, like uh, such and such save us from your followers because, I mean, we've talked multiple times about social media and how that like impacts things. Like if social media was a thing, this would not be a thing, right? Right. 
And it, it just, it, it goes back in, in my view to this us versus them idea of like, Hey, we're oh, yeah. the fandom. We, in a weird way, control the fandom. Like we deserve more of this from you, from them, from WB yeah. executives. And, and I think maybe that's why the fan appropriation thing like took off the way it did is because these people feel like they control it in such a way that they have the power to change it. And they did. But again, <laughs> but again, I don't know why this is the thing. Like there yeah. was outcries about Prometheus and alien covenant. And there, I mean, there's been, there's been fans yelling about movies since, right. you know, the train maybe moved at the train track. I, like, I, for an outsider point of view, I didn't know either of those. Mm-hmm. But somebody who wasn't even on Twitter during this whole thing, <laughs> I knew about hashtag release yeah. the Snyder Cut. So it just permeated more than maybe, those. Yeah, maybe it's the fact that, um, well, one, Snyder in the years between these movies. He's been vocal about. <laughs> well, at first he was like, yeah, you know, I have something, but blah, blah, blah. But he's very good about like not coming out and specifically stating anything, right? Like, yeah. I think, and don't get me wrong, Joss Whedon, there's allegations against Joss Whedon and like when it comes to his past things with his wife and Charisma Carpenter on Buffy, that's terrible. Fuck him. That's awful. But like as a filmmaker, you know, I still firmly believe that he was just trying to do his job in, in quote unquote fixing that movie. Yeah. And I think it's, it's just bizarre that's not, Zack Snyder has not come out and been like, yeah, hey, he was doing like he tried. You know what I mean? Like, like he did not come in and fuck this movie up as bad as it was. It was a mixture of a lot of things. Well, no, and even Warner Brothers is now like everybody knew that movie sucked when it came out. That's and what, it's, like, it's bizarre. What the fuck? I mean, it's I know crazy. you spent millions of dollars making it, but like, it's nuts. Why put it out? Right. If you could just whatever. Yep. Whatever. So it, it's crazy. It, the whole situation is bananas and nuts. And the last thing I want to like hit on before we can transition to something else is I, I think it's fascinating. Like, what in these three movies? What is Zack Snyder's thesis? What is like his idea? You know what I mean? Like what is what is the trajectory of these heroes? Superheroes are bad too. <laughs> Can I postulate to you? Go ahead. Yeah. Do you think that maybe he in his head would have been happier with a 16 episode TV series where he could explore every single thing he wanted to explore? Yes. And then realized even for a movie, even for my movie, mm-hmm. I can't have this shit be five hours. And so sort of scatterbrained, he was like, what what parts, what themes do I want in? Right. Handpicked them, got him in there. He's like, I want to tell these stories. Shit, again, I, yeah. I got to get it under five. <laughs> yeah. So even he was struggling with right. telling the actual stories. Do you think it was something like that? Or do you think it was basically just he really dropped the ball and could not explain story? I think he. Anything, I think he had a he had a large Justice League story that he wanted to tell. He had like a five movie arc he wanted to tell right. after Man of Steel, and there was no way that was going to get turned into a movie. Yeah. that that is an appropriate length right. of time without spending half a work day yeah. watching the movie. Right, like <laughs> and, again, and, again, to his credit, right. I'll say that like he was given a task that was Herculean. Yes, right, like, and he did it. You know what I mean? I mean and, yeah, he made the movie. Um, uh, it's so, yeah, so <laughs> I think that is part of it. I think part of it is, yes, he, he had so many ideas and so, such a giant arc that he wanted to put together, specifically after Man of Steel, because that's what it seems like. Um, you watch Man of Steel, and other than two big fundamental problems with Man of Steel, I think Man of Steel is a fine movie. Like, it's it's totally fine. 
I think he totally fucks up Jonathan Kent and Superman killing Zod at the end. But other than that, I think it's fine. But with Batman versus Superman, because that's whenever he started to start to do the whole like, okay, here is the start of my arc of four movies. I think he he was not interested in telling a story about Superman and Batman. He wanted to tell a story about ultra super powerful alien god and rich human guy who's terrifying, right? Yeah. And in in watching those can, movies, can man kill God? Basically, that kind of I, like, I think honestly, like that's we can. You just stop believing. That's kind of his yeah, thing, right? And, and even in in Snyder Cut, like he views these people as gods. Yeah. Like that's the main thrust of the movie, which is, it, I I could not believe that it was still like they had to resurrect Superman, but with the like that whole sequence is yeah. just so bananas crazy, and and just doesn't pay off at all. But. But he's still like the whole thrust of the movie is the heroes going, we need Superman back because he can win because he is the one who can save right. us. And that's, that's it. That's the only reason like, th- like think back, Brian, I know you're our angry man on this podcast. What? But that's new. Think about like in Batman for Superman, Batman is so incredibly pissed off yeah. that Superman exists and his whole reason for being in Batman for Superman is to murder Superman to death. Right. Right. He says the word Martha and Batman goes, yeah. All right. Have you ever been so incredibly pissed off at something and someone says, actually, no, that's not a bad idea. I'm just going to start saying surely every time you get pissed off so that you, you come uh, down. De- yeah. And someone who has enraged you like take just, I'm just going to pull an example out. Yeah. Someone pulls up next to you and says, stop following me, motherfucker. I've got you on my GoPro. What? And they say, uh, I've got, I got to go see my mom, Shirley. Would that make you oh. immediately go like, oh, you're fine, man. Go yeah, ahead. See, it worked. I, I have a mom, too. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't we all just the same? Oh, yeah. But, the, but, the ju- but anyway, the, that point being the juxtaposition of how like the world hates Superman in Batman vs. Superman to... The world misses Superman a lot, and we need him a lot. Yeah. Is is like whiplash. But I think his whole idea is that superheroes, for better or worse, are violent, powerful beings who do violent, powerful things. And on a flip of a switch, they could be good or bad. Right. Because at the end of one of the crazy, insane epilogues that takes place in that crazy apocalyptic future. <sighs> where Joker makes a reach-around joke to the Batman. <laughs> yeah. I had to rewind it because I was like, I think I missed that. Yeah. Like, I was like, no fucking way that is real. Like, insane. Okay. And Batman says the fuck word. He says, oh, I will man. fucking kill you. And you're like... <laughs> Joker says, not without a reach-around. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, Almost. <laughs> and, and also, it cracks me up a lot that uh, there's a bunch of, like, trivia that, like, Hey, did you know that in that final epilogue, that's the only, like that five minute sequence, which is bananas crazy, is the only sequence they, they, they filmed like last summer. Yeah, the new and stuff. Blah, blah, and like none of the actors were together and you're like, I could tell. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. none of the, like all the shots are them like apart. And, but anyway, but in that apocalyptic, apocalyptic sequence, like in, in the, the nightmare sequence from BVS, like his end goal is to make Superman the bad guy, right? Yeah corrupted by dark side and doing all this thing. And Lois is the key, which still no idea what that means and blah, blah, blah. But his idea is because of one bad decision, one bad thing that has happened, this powerful alien being can turn on a dime 
and work for the big bad guy, right? Yeah, it's just injustice. It, exactly. And 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 that's like the thesis I think he was trying to hit on with Batman vs Superman, but inversely was that Batman is this sociopathic rage-filled monster who wants to stab Superman with a spear he made of kryptonite <laughs> to literal death, right? Yeah. Um, and then flips on a diamond is like, no, I got to say, this guy's great. I got to work with him, do everything. Like, what's that? Whatever, dude, whatever. Yeah, superheroes are flawed too, Brendan. And and I get it. And, and to close this out, I want to read this again. This is what I think is his thesis of superheroes and what he was trying to say. Huh. And blah, blah, blah. And then thank Christ for Bry Guy. We can move on. And this is a quote I think we've talked a little bit about before, but it's, but it's, I think it's fascinating into the insight of the less than subtle nature of Zack Snyder, yeah. right? So, speaking at a post screening QA in 2019, Snyder responded to those who objected to his vision of what a superhero would or would not do, saying, quote, it's a cool point of view to be like, well, my heroes are still innocent. My heroes don't lie to fucking America. My heroes don't embezzle money from the corporations. My heroes didn't commit any atrocities. That's cool. But you're living in a fucking dream world. End quote. I think, again, his heroes are rage-filled, violent beings of immense power and immense Well, his, consequence. Ul- his ultimate idea is that even, he- even heroes are human. Okay, but the point of a superhero is that they are the best of us, right? They have the power and they are good enough as a person to wield it responsibly. Right. And and I think there is something to his whole notion of like our heroes can be challenged. Our heroes can be human. Yeah. Just like the X-Men are. And guess what? They don't have to murder every person that they see. But if our, but I, I think it goes back to like if our heroes aren't allowed to dream, if they're not allowed to like strive for like a better ideal, and you keep just plunging things into like a grim and, and gritty and petty world, like you're just diving, like delving them deeper into the uh, darkness. That's just not fun to watch, and it's not appealing. Right. You know what right. I mean? And and just to show that it it can be done, I just don't think it should be. And I think that is just, that is the button I want to put on Zack Snyder's Justice League because I, I just, I still firmly believe that like there, there's not a big place in the, in D in like comic fandom and like things like that for like this type of material. You know what I mean? I mean, there is like, you know, dark, dark Knight returns. It's right. kind of this stuff, but whatever. Hey, six I- out of 10. <laughs> I just basically I just want to thank Vargas for truncating that discussion okay. enough to the average listener. Of course, we do have the special release that has everything we said about the Snyder cut. <laughs> yep. So look out for that. Are we releasing them at the same time, do you think? Or are we waiting four Four, years? Four years, yeah. You know, of course it exists. Of course it's out there. If someone wants to give us seventy million dollars to finish it, (laughs) even though it's finished and it exists. Yep. Go on. We'll, yeah. we'll do it. Uh, so thank you, Vargas, for for getting that down a little bit. But uh, do check if you have if you have seen it or want to see it or want to know more about it. Check out the Snyder Cut cut. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. So to to put, I know you put a button on it. I want to put a bow on it. Oh, I know. It's too many fasteners. You both have seen it. You both yeah. have seen it. Yeah. I don't want to dive into the, the Snyder part at all. If you had two sentences to describe how you personally feel about it, not is this a good movie. Was Snyder right? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but if you had sure. two sentences to tell everyone how you feel about mm-hmm. it, what are those sentences? Uh, I think it is a... I, I'm thankful that it's a cathartic journey for this man. And I'm glad that he's able to get it off his shoulders and his chest. And I genuinely hope that he moves on to, to better projects. Great. Vargas? Uh, 
six out of ten. It's better than the original. <laughs> good. That's. I mean, that's great. That's really good. Beautiful. And actually, to finally close it out, I have a fun fact. I, I don't even think you two know this. Oh. Did you know that there is? There was even more. There was like another two hours of it, where he actually cast Gina Davis and Tom Hanks. Is going to be called the Justice League of their own. <laughs> oh. Oh man, I've been saving that for an hour for however long. There's no crying in Metropolis. Yeah. (laughs) Oh boy. Hey, I okay. So it's my turn now. Yeah. What have you been up to? Yeah. What do you want to do? Well, I want to talk about. Okay. So comedy is a trickity trick. Trickity. Comedy is trickity. It's trickity, boy. Howdy. Wordities are trickities. (laughs) Um, Comedy is tricky because if you if someone came up to you and they were like, describe your humor. Would you be able to? Right. Probably not. You'd probably just start listing the things you think are funny, right? right, right. Yeah, just say go watch It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then but then you'd also say go watch The Simpsons. Right. And yeah. or Futurama. And those Always Sunny and Futurama are two very different styles of humor, right? Very, very mm-hmm. true. So you can't accurately say go watch this true. show or this movie right. or this stand up to, so to right. say it. So how so comedy as a whole, mm-hmm. how do you guys identify how do you do you do you like let's let's stick with stand-up for now mm-hmm. do you like whenever things are just silly and it's just a bunch of jokes like mitch hedberg mm-hmm. do you like when things um kind of build up to a point uh let's let's say daniel sloss right. uh, with jigsaw where his whole thing is kind of building up to this it's a big, big point big connecting yeah, big point peak. yeah with um or do you like um things like a story that is being told sort of like uh I think Hannah Gatsby's kind of, she does a really good one um, talking Cook. about trauma. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sure. I, I mean, basically. Yeah. That, that, that is his com- comedy like style. Yeah. Yeah. Where it's just, well, I don't, I don't mean observational stories. Like, you mean, yes. I mean like telling, telling a through right. line throughout the whole thing. Kind of like a Ricky Gervais type of thing. Sort of. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you guys, where's your identifiable, um, your identifiable identity? <laughs> When it comes to the to yep. let's again limiting it to stand up so we don't talk, sure. so we don't have to have a comedy cut cut. What, oh yeah. Two sure. two of my favorite comedians are are Mitch Hedberg, the I'm here just to tell you quick setups, quick punchlines. Two liners. Keep it keep it moving. Yeah. Uh, I think I think Mitch Hedberg is brilliant and I, to this day I still listen to uh, one of his early comedy albums and it's it's incredible. As well as John Mulaney is probably one of my favorite comedians and he is very much like he, he has like segments, like 10 segments in his total special. Yeah, that last two or three minutes. That last, yeah. la- like it's a story, but like within that story are set up punchline, set up punchline while telling a really good story. Yes. Um, Tom Segura, I think it does a really good job of that as well. Um, I, I I think, so So in between those, like I think Mitch Hedberg is brilliant. I think John Mulaney and Tom Segura, those guys are brilliant. But somewhere in the middle of that, uh, in like Daniel Sloss's The World. But like uh, I, tr- I watched, uh, what was it, Nanette, I think like from a, Gatsby from Gatsby yeah. and it is it's really good it's very poignant it is very funny but like I, it's one of those things that I would much rather watch John Mulaney or Mitch Hedberg or yeah. something like that you know and while I think it's it's very good and very powerful I don't think it's very um like stand up funny you know what I mean yeah e- I even though it is it is it is phenomenal it's a very I recommend everyone watch it but and what and what you're saying is exactly the point that I'm trying right. to make is that again stand up I know I said comedy mm-hmm. as a whole but in your stand-up, you don't want to feel a lot of sad feelings because you're watching something to laugh. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. Is or, that kind of... Or, yes, that, and then specifically, if, like, the Dane Cooks of the world, who their entire thing is 
stories throughout the whole thing and like the observations of yeah, it making are funny. Them funny yes and there's no punchline to a joke punchline you know it's like yeah. set up to a punchline basically that i'm not a big fan of and so like i can find yeah sure there's shit in our life that's funny but like if you're not writing a joke to like hit and then it's it's i think comedy is such a masterwork and something I would could never do. That's why I'm saying, man, it's hard to describe. And it's so, hard yeah, to do. So, so, so yeah, but basically, yeah, that's what I would consider. What about you, my uh, friend? Well, so if you would have asked me, you know, five years ago, who's your favorite comedian? Well, it's the guy who ended up jerking off in front of all the girls <laughs> on the couch. Um, Louis C.K. Yeah, it's Louis C.K. Yes. Um, I think his kind of like, or uh, Patton Oswalt kind of does the same style where he... He tells stories about his life. Right. Um, you know, it's funny because it's true, that kind of thing. But there's also an insertion of like kind of higher, I don't know. It's it's like an intelligent. Yeah. Like like a, there's, there is like a higher meaning or something to yeah. it. Or some type of like global. Yeah. Like it's thing. it's like a like a relatable story. Right. But there's a, like a lot of injection of like punchlines kind of throughout. Um I think Patton Oswalt is one of the best, not only writers, but like comedians working today. For sure. Um, well, and one of the things that made Louis so good was, uh, I mean, obviously with stand up delivery is 99% of, yeah. of, the, <laughs> right. uh, of how you work. So his jokes wouldn't translate if somebody didn't know how to deliver them right. and yeah. time them and things. And I do think he is very good at that. Um, he's bad at being a person, but yeah. he's good. He's at, very at, bad at masturbating in front of people who don't even masturbate. Yeah. No, no, no. He's very good at that. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. He's yes. very good at that, <laughs> which makes him bad right. as a whole. But but like the, I like stand-up comedy that is like the stand-up version of Louis C.K.'s show, Louis. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Where it's like just kind of somebody telling you a story about something they did today, mm-hmm. but then observing why that thing is funny. Right. But on the flip side, I don't like stuff like Seinfeld, where it's like, <laughs> what's the deal with airline fit? Like, that shit's dumb. But I don't, I couldn't tell you what the difference between those two that's are, what, right? That's why like, I'm bringing it up, because right. it's such, like, it's such a personal thing. You can't tell someone, I mean, you can say, what's the hardest you've laughed in a week? And maybe they'll, maybe they'll be able to identify it. Yeah. But a lot of times it's like, oh, well, I laughed at this thing, but... Well, you had to yeah. you had to be there, and then this thing happened ten minutes before That's that. The thing. You had to tell the setup to the right. punchline to what made it funny, and then the tone of the whole thing. And I, I've I've realized, of course, I love Tom Segura. Right, he's got a couple of my favorite specials. But I realized I was thinking of like, what are the three specials I would recommend to people? Oh yeah, and they were all three, the ones that do make you feel sad. Yeah, <laughs> because it makes you because it makes you laugh, so you already have this emotion going, and then they sort of flip the switch, and you're like, oh fuck. That right. this mm-hmm. sucks that this person went through that. No wonder they're funny. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> uh, but it, it was uh, Daniel Sloss's either one, Dark or Jigsaw. Mm-hmm. They both have super powerful stuff in them. Um, obviously, Pat Oswalt's Annihilation, where he talks about losing his wife and having to tell their child about it. Something, fingers crossed, I'll never have to tell my child about anything because they won't exist. Um, but I, cu- I couldn't imagine that. And I then, couldn't imagine having to tell someone that your wife is pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> How sad would that be? I mean, I could write a stand-up about that, dealing with grief. Uh, and then and then Hannah Gatsby's Nanette uh, is one that I recommend to people because it is, I for some reason, it's not that comedy's easy. We just spent 10 minutes talking about how it's not easy. It's not easy to do. It's not easy to describe. Maybe for you. But for... <laughs> got him. Oh, got me. 
But for people like at award shows, right? Comedies never win Best Picture. It's yeah, still yeah. it's one of those things for whatever reason it's still not taken quote unquote seriously. Uh, we can probably blame Billy Madison for that maybe, uh, <laughs> and those kind of those kind of because when comedy started, you know they, you know. Animal House probably shouldn't win any awards. Yeah, as we all know, comedy started with Billy Madison. <laughs> That's when it started. That was the comedy timeline. Bingo. They hit it perfectly, and then it's all been downhill from there. Correct. But uh, so they don't take it as seriously. So I do like when they, uh, especially stand-ups, mm-hmm. when they inject that oh, yeah. human element in there, and they're not just up there. But John Mulaney, fucking sure. love. I love, what is it, oh, new, new Kid Broadway or whatever? Uh, new, new Kid in Town, and he has Kid Gorgeous, which is also very, very funny. Yeah. I've seen him do that live, and it was the one of the best experiences of my life. Yeah, so. when he when he tells the story about the salt and pepper diner. Yeah. Playing the the what's new pussycat forty two <laughs> times or whatever. It's great shit. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. I just for some reason I always laugh. Yeah. But for some reason, when I think of like, what's the best specials mm-hmm. I've seen? It's the they got to make you sad. It's the heavy hitters. If I don't feel sad, Jesus. I'm not going to think you're funny. <laughs> Classic Brian. Classic oh, man. Brian. That's it, right? We're done. I think no. So. Okay. Bye. Oh, not even close. We're not even close to being done. No. Interesting. What else do we have to talk about? I thought we were done. Now we're done. Oh, yeah, there it is. You, you had to. You had to. You had to bring. You had to slow mo it. Yeah. And make the moment a little bit longer uh-huh. to really push that. That pondering point. Yeah, we've still got three more characters to introduce. Yeah, bro. <laughs> I was going too fast because I've been drinking uh, too much grind coffee. So oh. I've been. <laughs> it was good. Been really, really rushing it at top level there. I can uh, see you spilled some of your grind coffee on one of your Hope Clothing KC shirts. I did, but luckily they're stain resistant. <laughs> Excellent. Wow. Yeah. That's I didn't a hell put, of a shirt. Yeah. We, I was going to say, where could you go to get a new one that's not stained? Well, but yeah, but you, if don't, you, you if only you, need one. You only need, well, no, you need all of them because you don't want to ever spill on any shirt. It's and true. if you do, you want it to be it's resistant. True. So HopeClothingKC.com would, of course, yeah. accommodate that. And like I said, everything on this podcast is true, there are no jokes. <laughs> So they are 100% stain resistant, yeah. flame <laughs> resistant. You can't get them wet. It's weird. You can't wash them, but they're always clean. So you don't need to. Right. Uh, Good work. You All can find I'm hearing us. is never wash my Hope Clothing KC yeah. shirt because I'm, I don't I'm, need to. You don't need to. I'm wearing one right now. And I haven't right washed it in days. <laughs> you can uh, find us on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, wherever you listen to podcasts. We are on there. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell your dog. Play it for your dog when you leave. For when you go to when you leave the house, they need a comforting voice. They, they can do. listen to forty five minutes of the Snyder Cut cut, and then your dog <laughs> will know more than you will about the Snyder Cut. That's right. Anything that'd else? Be a, that'd be an interesting, inter- interesting experiment with that dog. Yeah, well, you know, tell us about your dog. Email us at debatesonfans at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter, debates on tap. Find us on Instagram at debates on pictures. What's the what would you find out about the dog? Just how they view the world afterwards. You know. Whether they say fuck the world or save the world. Boy, howdy. Whether your dog likes reach around jokes. That's mm-hmm. Every dog out. likes reach around jokes. <laughs> Science. Well, thanks for listening. Bye.